welcome to Hot and Heavy. Your hosts are Donovan and Tiffany Reese. We're going to be covering a wide range of topics. Some of them are hot, some of them can get a little heavy. All of them we have opinions on. So go ahead, sit back, grab a bevy, and let's get into today's topic. Hi, Donovan. Hi. How are you? How's your week been? How's work? Can I be frank? Always. This week has just been... It just feels longer than it actually needed to be. I know what you mean. We're like, you look up and you're like, thank God it's Friday. And then you're like, wait a damn minute, it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it actually really was one of those kind of weeks. It started off with my partner tested positive for COVID. Uh, so that I was on COVID watch all this week, which I am negative, thankfully. Uh, continually pop up negative. Test myself again before I came here today. Yeah, I didn't think you would come to record with me if you... If you thought that you could get me sick. I wanted quarantine buddies. I mean, you have two fu- uh, futons to pick from. <laughs> so. So no, I mean, that w- I chalk it up to the, the booster. My partner just never had a chance to uh, get her booster. Mm. Um, and I, I did just because of the work I'm in. They were just like, we have an extra one. You want it? I was like, sure, why not? So thanks, Pfizer. That is the only time I'll thank Big Pharma. <clears throat> but... No, it's just been a week with meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. And you think I'm about to stop saying meetings, but then meeting after meeting after meeting. Which yeah, I, I like. Feel you. I like being with around people, but at the, when you finally just sit down. You. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, speaking of meetings. Oh, Lord. Let me tell you about a meeting that I had. Okay. So, actually, this is a, this is a lovely jumping off point for what we're going to be talking about today. Are you saying we actually have a smooth transition for once? <laughs> Unheard of. <laughs> um, but basically, as I mentioned and will continue to mention, um, in my department, I am the youngest. The next closest woman in age to me is, I believe, like mid-30s. And then the oldest woman in my department is in her 70s. So they definitely look at me like the baby. And every month we have to have a meeting where the... Because I work for the government. I work for the state. Mm-hmm. Every month we have a meeting that is, the topic is basically about like office culture and like office environment. And this meeting just so happened to be about generational gaps in the workplace. And so we were talking about different generations, you know, of the veterans, the baby boomers, all the way down to all they had up to was millennials. And they define millennials as anybody born after 1991. Which, obviously, we are aware that there are many generations after millennials, right? We have gen... So, you have millennials, then you have uh, Gen Z, which is what we loosely fall into. We're, like, on the the cusp of... Yeah. Yeah, between millennial and Gen Z. And then after that, it's the next one is called Gen Alpha, which is roughly after 2012. That's... So, which, mind you, Gen Alpha is already, like, what, nine, ten years old? Mm. That'd be 11? Yeah crazy anyways yeah yeah, yeah. so i am defined as a millennial according to like the handout they gave us Mm -hmm. and during this meeting it was basically just a bunch of older women because my department is all female Mm -hmm. um which (laughs) we love sticking to those stereotypes of having the you know administrative role be predominantly female that was sarcastic if nobody could tell it was just these older women talking about back in my day Pretty much. Back in my day. And it was all... We 40 miles in the snow. Uphill both ways. No, it's 40 miles one way and for some reason 80 miles back. It's just always 
terrible but we should go back to those good old days right america was never great i mean we already pissed off some people last week let's keep it going (laughs) oh but anyways it was basically just these women sitting there telling me about like back in my day pretty much of like oh my gosh like everybody's just so obsessed with technology nowadays and like nobody cares about genuine human interaction anymore and i'm like i entered the meeting at first being like no it's about efficiency Like, that is the point of technology, is to continue making things more efficient, you know? We don't use email and text message because we don't like people. Well, I mean, some of us do. But, like, in a workplace setting, it's just easier and more efficient. Why am I going to run around the office trying to find you when I can just shoot you an email and keep doing my work, you know? Because nine times out of ten, when I go to their office, they're not there. They're in somebody else's office. They're in the bathroom. They went into the field. They're seeing, you know, uh, one of their probationers. Like, it's just easier to shoot an email and, you know, get a response when I get one while still being productive Uh and doing my work. And it was just so frustrating because it got to a point where they started, it was no more about, it was no longer about, like, technology. And it became about, like, well, this generation is just always looking to find ways to be different. Like, why is everybody gay now? Or why does everybody have a mental illness? And it got to that point where I was like, you clearly have your own thoughts and opinions. I'm just going to wait until the meeting ends and just go about my day. I mean, I I think part of that just comes from just that human resistance to change or that human desire to keep things the the same uh, to whatever your past perceptions were yeah and i do get that but what i don't get is when comments are made like like i said i work in a probation office so you see a wider range of people Uh of all different walks of life age race identity you know Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and so being at a probation office that means that people do have to um submit drug tests Uh in the form of a urine screen, which means you need to have somebody watch you collect the sample to make sure that you're not falsifying. Right, right, right. And that gets tricky when you have somebody who comes in that has one biological makeup, but identifies as a different gender. Uh And it gets tricky in that, you know, who screens them? Uh Because the only options we have of being, you know, keeping it as simple as we can and you know in an old school setting of you know you have somebody who can either administer it who is a female screener or a male screener like those are the only two options unfortunately Uh and my frustration lied in that some of them were talking about how um if i don't agree with your lifestyle why am i being forced to be polite and respectful of it if i don't agree with it like if you If you come in presenting as one gender, why am I wrong to address you as such? You know, like if you walk in and I think that you look like a man, why am I wrong to call you sir? And I had made a comment of, well, like you don't have to necessarily say sir or ma'am at all. You could do what I do, which is a very gender neutral and very simple, can I help you? You know, Uh like (laughs) I don't have to address you with anything. I just say, can I help you? I'm greeting you, acknowledging you, without assuming anything about you, other than the fact that you speak English. I had said, like, you know, there are ways to address people without assuming. And, you know, you don't have to agree with something to respect someone. And I got met with the age-old argument of, well, my religious belief, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, I I wish, 
eye rolls came with like a like, like a, you could hear an eye like roll you hear an eye roll yeah and it got to that point where i was like i'm just gonna I'm, I'm just gonna like i said wait till the meeting's over because i tried saying my two cents of like you can be respectful without uh, you know necessarily agreeing with the way somebody chooses to live their life and i just realized that you know i i'm not going to change their thought process so i'm not going to stress myself out trying to mm-hmm. and i know this seems like a kind of like a long-winded tangent but today when donovan and i were having our little you know uh pre-meeting or pre-recording meeting over coffee we were talking about these meetings and donovan had actually mentioned he was like you know how would you feel if like we talked about this on a broader scale of like you know i was just mentioning you know the assumption with our generation or the newer generations i'll say is like we're all technologically inclined and like we prefer that over social interaction and like this that like there's so many assumptions that people will tag on you based off of your identity whether Uh it be your generational identity like your age your race your gender where you're from like geographically so i'm very excited because we're throwing this back to like something we used to do when we were on the radio when we were in college which was we would have a topic and Donovan would typically pull either facts or, you know, like little questions or something about the topic. And I would come in blind and he would just throw them at me. So Donovan did that today with trends, yeah. basically. So yeah, I'm going to, I feel like I've just talked a lot. So I'm going to, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to sip on my bevy and I'm going to listen to what you have for me. All right. Well, welcome to, uh, I guess, this installment of... Tiffy's T- Blind Reactions. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so some of the things I have pulled up and we may or may not get to all of them because I have some stuff about Gen Z in, you know, our generational age. I have a couple things about race because that is something that me and Tiffany Reese are very, I almost said proud, but I'm very, I'm very hesitant to putting the word white and proud in the same sentence. Uh, (laughs) Please don't do that to me. I won't, I won't. But, you know, something that we are happy that we have, that we are happy that we have a difference so we can learn a little bit more from each other. So we'll, I'll see how far we get into it, because uh, if this ends up being a two-hour episode, y'all will not hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we Thank can, you, editing team. <laughs> um, if you want, we can pick, like, one or two from each of the categories that you have, mm-hmm. and we'll just, we'll just vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... This is going to be a very chit-chatty, conversational episode, I think. Super low-key. Yeah. So what I'm going to begin with here for you okay. is these are some general terms that are associated with gen z uh and how they choose to identify and i'm getting a lot of this information from let me pull up mckinsey and company uh they did a little report here of the influence of gen z and the first generational true digital natives uh so it was a report written by Tracy, or sorry tracy francis and fernanda hofel i hope i didn't butcher your last name there i'm sorry if i did He's got citations. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they just list what they believe to be the true generalities of our generation. And we'll see how they resonate with us. So for our purposes, we are identifying as Gen Z. Yes. I will okay. say, like, I know there is argument of where that line falls, but I think I, I want to say I've seen more information and more examples where the cutoff line is around 1996 to 98. Okay. Um, so while we are at the edge... I. Well, us being 99 babies, we are considered still 90s babies. Yes, we are t- technically 90s babies. We snuck in in the last year. I would I would say that we are Gen Z. Even though on this chart that they're pulling, uh, it's it's saying that they're defining Gen Z as 1995 to, to 2010. That, yes. feel, that feels like a big... I mean, m- most of them usually run about 15, 20 years a pop. 
like they have baby boomer listed as 1940 to 59 so that's about 20 years okay uh, they have gen x listed as 60 to 79 uh they have millennials 1980 to 94 uh and then gen z from 1995 to 2010 so i wouldn't say they make that difference because you know the technological boom that really pops up in the 90s it really shapes the generation okay i guess that's fair All so right. hit me without further ado welcome to blind reactions grab your bevy and react along with me so the first thing that they point out amongst the gen z population in their context uh, compared to other generations is that they are very well in involved in social networks now how they choose to define social networks varies you have you know i'm sure a lot of people their first thought was online social networks but also we're thinking more creatively in how people are interacting network wise i can you know yes you have social media but also you want to think of how you know true traditional in-person clubs and groups and cliques are forming slightly maybe different than you know what you traditionally think is like the gen x or the baby boomers how they physically networked but also this is the generation that you know is able to fully think in a i don't want to say post-covid world but in a covid world where zoom took off which I'm going to say a joke, and I, I I wish I could know who I can credit the joke to. Mm-hmm. I just remember seeing this on social media at one point. How did Skype lose the, like, the digital era battle? Like, everyone used, Skype was a verb. I mean, yeah, I'll Skype you when I get home. Yes. And then as soon as the pandemic happens where we need a network. <laughs> Zoom said, my time to shine. Exactly. So or Uvu. Do you remember Uvu? Oh my, I thought you said Uvu, and I was like, Tiffany Reese, we are not that kind of podcast. <laughs> no. I will say, though, this is my tangent really quick. Um, yeah. I had told you I don't have my, I haven't gotten my ADHD meds refilled, so you're going to need to go down this rabbit hole with me. Let's go. My partner got me into anime a while ago. We're just going to leave that at that. Mm-hmm. So my two favorite anime men are, and I use men loosely. Where is this going? <laughs> my two favorite anime men are Levi Ackerman from Attack on Titan. Titan, yeah. Okay. Understandable. Yes, Daddy Levi. And then from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, because there are two different Full Metal Alchemists. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is the main character, um, Ed Elric. He is the Full Metal Alchemist. My two favorite <laughs> anime men. And on YouTube, some YouTube account, because YouTube has polls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, like, I've seen it, but, like, it's still relatively new. Anyways, on, like, my homepage, just a random, like, anime page is, like, there. Because sometimes I'll watch, like, the clips of, like, the coldest moment in anime. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and while wow, I'm outing myself as a little bit of a weeb. We're gonna move on. One of the polls was, which of these anime shorty kings would win in an all-out ma- all-out battle? And it was Levi versus Ed. Who'd you pick? I felt on, personally be- attacked. Before you answer, if you are going to answer... There goes half be, of our audience. Be careful. Yes. <laughs> I felt personally attacked. They had to I, choose. You couldn't have them both I at the same raised time. my hand because I, pel- I felt personally victimized by this YouTube poll, okay? And I didn't answer because I was like, that's not fair, okay? That's not fair because if Ed... Spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen Full Metal Alchemist yet. Spoilers. I said it again. When Ed still had his alchemy, because he ends up giving up his alchemy, it's, <gasps> a, it's a whole big thing. I told you Spoilers. If he still had his alchemy, like, done deal. But Levi has, like, the... Spoilers over. Levi has, like, the battle knowledge and the speed, and he's just... Mm, he's a god in battle, okay? Okay? With, like, the, you know, the the directional mobility... And it's just... It's not a, it's not a fair comparison. 
It's not. And so I didn't answer. I was very angry. I went into my partner. He was like, I think he was maybe, you know, like doing homework or like video games or something. But I interrupted him and I was like, look at this. Who the hell? Why would they do this? And all the comments were just like, well, you have to think of like Levi's battle knowledge. Like he would totally win. And then it was like, no, no, no. Ed with his alchemy, like he would just create a boulder to drop on. It was very frustrating. Okay. So I'm not going to say which one I voted for, but I wanted to vote just to see what the like results were. So I voted and then I unvoted. It was 55 to 45 Levi and Ed. And I think part of the reason why that is, is because Attack on Titan is a more popular anime than Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. But I'm sorry. Thank you for going on that wild tangent with me. I don't remember where that tangent came from. Oh, 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 I said Uvu and then you said Awu and then... Yeah. Okay, we found, we connected the dots. Sorry. Anyways, Gen Z... (laughs) Social network. Social network, Zoom, back on track. I'm with you. So how would you feel you identify with social networks? Do you think you as an individual, Mm. as a member of their outlined age group, Mm -hmm. feel that a strong part of your world is based off of the social networks that you are brought into? Um... I do think so. Yeah, I will. I think so. Because I mean, the biggest way that I keep up with like friends and such Mm -hmm. is through social networking in some capacity, whether it be like checking out their Instagram or, you know, like watching their Snapchat stories or whether it be like I have a friend group back home that, you know, like I said, because I live in Virginia and my friend group is still back in New Jersey. We use Zoom and stuff to like do hangouts, especially when COVID was like at its peak. We used to use Zoom a lot to hang out see each other i mean you and i even had a couple of like zoom hangouts where we like played um among us when everybody was losing their mind over that game so yeah which for the record i apparently sucked as the imposter yeah because whenever you were the imposter you would giggle like even though we were playing on zoom with like all of our like we would mute so that Mm. you couldn't like give any tells you would just see donovan like (laughs) like hand over his mouth like giggling while we were playing and it's like okay so you're clearly up to no good <laughs> sorry if we f- sound a little distracted my like i mentioned donovan i'm is, getting a lot of feedback from our ceo right now yeah donovan is laying on the floor which means celeste is like you are here for me to interact with and so she's like rubbing on his computer and like trying to play with his cords and stuff so do a sip or a shot because i we mentioned the kitty cat but yeah sorry about that and also i do promise i have another cat it's just celeste is very active and social and Tasha's like, yeah, you do you. I'll come get you when I need something. <laughs> so, okay. Anyway, so yes. What about you? Do you feel, do you agree with that? I mean, you know me. You're uh, just a very so- social person, period. Yes. And I don't necessarily know if that's attributed solely to my age a generational influence. Uh, I genuinely just feel like I am a pretty strong extrovert. Love interacting with people. But I think it definitely was amplified by how much access I have to social media and how, you know, we view networking now versus we did, you know, in the, in the 60s or 70s. So, yes, I'll chalk up being heavily influenced by my social networks. Um, and I think even to get a little bit more in depth on that component, I think I think a lot more about what other people in my social networks think and try to take that into consideration, which that'll be something I definitely will circle around to uh, when I get there, because there's another point down here that I think we'll touch on. Okay, sure. So do you want to shift gears to um, an example from your next topic? Yeah. Oh, well, Yes. Or we'll stay on Gen Z for a minute. Sounds good. Um, I'm going to let you drive. I'll, I'll just be the co-pilot. You're trusting me to drive? I'll let that silence speak for itself. <laughs> uh, for now. For now. Uh, the next one is a component of behavior regarding Gen Z is 
they have their number one thing listed here as undefined identity and something called a communa holic. So we'll chat about each of those separately. Okay. So the first one is undefined identity. Uh, don't define yourself in only one way and it's expressed through individual truth. I'll... For Gen Zers, and I'm, I'm quoting the article directly here, for Gen Zers, the key point is not to define themselves through only one stereotype, but rather for individuals to experiment with different ways of being themselves and to shape their individual identities over time. In this respect, you might call them, quote unquote, identity nomads, uh, end quote. Do you I think see... you have a defined identity yet at 24? I don't know if I ever will, <laughs> honestly. I feel like just as the years go on, I tack on more things to like who I identify as, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I can definitely see that. I feel like this generation, while there are more, I'll use the term labels loosely Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, like identifying yourself as a person, whether it be sexuality, race, religion, you know, what have you. I do feel like there are more labels that have popped up, but I do feel like this generation is still very open to, I don't want to label myself as just one thing. I am a multifaceted individual. Whereas I feel like if you look back at previous generations, I mean, I've had conversations in my office of, you know, I, as you may have picked up on, Donovan and I referred to the people that we are in committed romantic relationships with as our partners, Mm -hmm. even though we are both in traditional, traditional traditional-esque heterosexual relationships Um, i'm gonna do the quote-unquote heterosexual traditional whatever meaning that if someone outside looking into a relationship they see what they consider a woman they see what they consider a man yes in a relationship so i'm a woman dating a man you are a man dating a woman Mm. we must be heterosexual wow celeste was very active there she really was she was like how dare people assume that you don't know my parents this is an episode where if y'all are playing the drinking game sips She's playing with stuff on the desk. She's squeaking. If, if you were just looking for a silly, goofy, random episode, Here I is. hope you're loving it. But anyways, I've even heard, like, you know, in my office, I'll say, like, oh, my partner blank. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've had people question that of, like, well, in my generation, partner meant you had a girlfriend, you know? Um, and You had would... a girlfriend, you had a boyfriend, yeah. Right. You, you were gay is what it meant. And even that, the term gay, there was gay and lesbian. And now as the the generations progress, partner just means he's my partner in life. Mm-hmm. He's my partner. We've been together for six years. So to call him my boyfriend feels like I'm kind of undermining all the things that he and I have experienced and done in life. That's not to under that's not to say that using the term boyfriend is a bad term or something. I'm just saying It's just a Justin Bieber song. I just mean that we have started to build a life and a family and, you know, a household together. He's my partner in life. You know where I first heard that term being used? Like, and I was like, wow, I, I like this terminology. Where? AOC. Okay. She refers to the, the person that she was dating as her partner. Hmm. I, I like watched a documentary uh, with her and she briefly talked about, I'm assuming, I don't assume don't gender. Assume. Yeah. The person that she was in a relationship with. Yes. I, I want to say they went by he, him pronouns, but I'll just. We'll, we're just not going to assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they referred to them. Uh, as their partner Hmm. and i was like oh that's interesting i mean from everything i was able to gather from this it seemed like a what you quote unquote call your traditional heterosexual uh, couple but then hearing that in the context of you know using more that inclusive language outside of any type of you know stereotypical lgbtqia plus conversations like oh that is inclusive i'm gonna start using that yeah and we'll when I started using that with my current partner, it was funny because we she was cool with it 
for like a good chunk of a while. I was like, yeah, I mean, partner, partner, partner. But she had a sit down conversation with me of like, all right, are you using partner to avoid just calling your girlfriend? Like, are you committed? Are you trying to avoid DTL? Yeah. Or DTR, defining the relationship. Yes, yes, yes. Which I I wasn't. I was just working. But I could see that. I was working on my, you know, inclusive language. And, you know, weirdly enough, I personally do think of myself as an identity nomad. So I was trying to figure out like where where I fit in the web of social identity. So partner was just a safe across the board term to explain how complicated my relationship is. Yeah. And I think also, well, part of like, I agree with part of that of like trying to be inclusive, trying to figure out like who I am, but also it was kind of for me to have a level of keeping like my, cause I don't really talk about my personal life a whole lot at work. I keep my personal life and you know, my professional life separate. Right. And it kind of just, I mean, if I were to say my fiance, nobody would assume anything. If I were to say my spouse, nobody would assume anything. But saying boyfriend, girlfriend, like that is putting a descriptor on my partner that's irrelevant, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if I'm talking about my friend, I wouldn't say, oh, my friend who's a boy or my gay friend or my multiracial friend. Like it adds a descriptor that is unnecessary. Whereas partner, he is my partner. He Mm -hmm. is my friend. He is my neighbor. Like what, you know what I mean? Yes. Tangent complete. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do agree with the being identity nomad kind of thing. And I, I said it, but I'll re- reiterate, I also agree yeah. with the identity nomad. Wow, are we just stereotypes right now? We're two for two. <sighs> I will quote one of the greatest men to ever live, Ice Cube. Embrace your stereotype. There is power in being stereotyped. I Elaborate? Just... Yeah, I will. <laughs> um, you know, like being a woman, mm-hmm. people assume right off the bat something about me. The mm-hmm. moment they see me, they're going to assume something, whether it be that if I come across as confident, I'm a bitch, or just because I'm a woman, I'm weaker, or, you know, whatever. And that can hold power in that people will underestimate me. And then when I come in with a very well thought out, intelligent, confident response, oh, and I have definitely used my, the stereotype of being a traditionally female presenting woman. Mm-hmm of people underestimating me and then I come out and oh you wanted to speak to the manager me bitch you want to run that by me again like hey there is power in people making assumptions about you because then you get to choose how much you want to prove them wrong fuck yeah so that's all that's what I meant of you know embrace your stereotype and weaponize it for your own use. Okay. I, I knew what you were saying had but, good intentions, but I, I just needed to follow that. Well, that's also, you know me and you know me as a person, whereas hopefully y'all are getting to know me a little better and understand me where clarification is still necessary. Yeah. Then the following point on that was communi- communaholic. Uh, so again, I'm quoting directly Addicted from the to article. community? Uh, Gen Zers are radically inclusive. They don't distinguish between friends they meet online and friends in the physical world. They continually flow between communities that promote their causes by exploiting the high levels of mobilization technology. I feel like that's a grammar mistake there, but we'll continue moving forward. Uh, 66% of Gen Zers in our survey believe that communities are created by causes and interests, not by economic backgrounds or educational levels. Hell yeah. So they are, (laughs) as you would say, quote unquote, addicted to community and community building. Where do you stand on that? Um, I will say that as a traditionally get ready to have another sip or a a shot because I'm going to make another useless analogy that is unnecessary. I'm a cat. 
Okay, I like to be by myself. I like to be alone until I want to be around others. I was ready for a lot of things that come out of your mouth. I wasn't ready for cats. (laughs) But I just mean like, you know, I'm, I like to be by myself a lot, but I also do find myself craving social interaction. And yeah, I mean, we live in a digital age. I think it would be kind of, I think it'd be kind of silly not to utilize that to find community. I mean, there's how many people on the planet and I'm supposed to think that the only people I'll be able to connect with or enjoy being around is within my little bubble, my little teeny tiny speck of a corner of the world? No. And since we have the capabilities to connect with such a broad array of people, why wouldn't we use it? I mean, with COVID, it was very hard to find social interactions and to connect with people. And also post-college, I mean, all my friends had moved home or moved away or moved on to higher education. And it was just kind of me here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, I had my partner and I was going to work, but... I was still looking for more social interaction. And so my partner was like, hey, why don't you join a couple of Discord servers? Which kind of ties back into what you were saying of like, community is built on um, mutual interests. And so I joined a couple of servers that were like, literally about making friends. I Like I mentioned, I was getting into like spirituality and stuff. So I joined like a witchy server to talk about, you know, crystals and cleansing and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, even just to like, be in the server and not necessarily talking gives you a sense of inclusivity of you're a part of a community. So yeah. And I mean, even think about what we were just talking about with partner. Mm -hmm. We both use the phrase partner because it's inclusive, which isn't necessarily something you see with older generations. Yes. What are your thoughts? I definitely, I think of myself as a co- like a community builder and network and figure out how many communities I'm part of, but I actually want to chalk that up less to my generation generation and more to my race. Uh, okay, please elaborate. So I, I'm multiracial. Uh, I have a couple different, some people when they hear that, they're like, oh, so you're just like, I almost said bi. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, you're just black and white. It's like, well, well, I mean, you could be biracial. Yes, you could. But in, in my case, I... You got a couple flavors mixed I have, in. I have a lot of f- flavors that are connected to my family. And so I've always... It's been both a blessing and a curse in the sense of I have all these cultures and ways to interact with each of those individual communities and also finding where they kind of overlap. Like It was just a, a beautiful mosaic of racial identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then but I also say a curse of also where do you fit in? Uh, I, I ran into the issue a lot of uh, like, oh, you're not you're not white enough to like understand this or like you're not b- black enough to understand this. And mm. I experienced a lot of that, especially in primary school, L- less so in college. When kids are dumb and rude and ignorant and don't realize that's a problem. Yes. But that is where I really got this sense of like developing community is just I already have this natural buy in to so many communities and yet racially, but also gen- gender wise or sexual orientation wise, you know, or religious wise. So buying into each of these communities and thinking of myself as a liaison for each community or being able to interconnect these communities was always at the forefront. But again, I want to chalk that up a little bit more to racial identity rather than because I'm a Gen Z person. I mean, definitely when it comes to inclusivity of like the LGBTQIA community, I I work work on being an ally to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's kind of where I stand on that one. I'm I'm a little weaker in, in, in that one solely based off of Gen Z. I gotcha. Uh, but I, I will say I definitely am it and I'm Gen Z. Right, but, but I not don't necessarily... think they're necessarily connected. Right. Which then all of that weirdly enough leads to the last point I want to pull from the Gen Z little chart they have here. All right, hit me. Is we look, 
I mean, there's, there's a lot here. I'm, I'm only pulling segments. Yeah, paraphrasing, if you will. Yes, is we seek to be ethical. And that one really intrigued me the most, hmm. is that we live in a generation that focuses on being good and taking a stand. So, for example, there's this really, really fascinating book uh, called Out of the Running, which is a political book uh, written by Shauna Shames. And what she explores in this book is the question of, you know, why aren't uh, millennials or the younger generation getting involved in politics the same way that previous generations have? And, you know, she she explores, you know, the social, systemic, cultural barriers or challenges that are unique to this generation that make engaging with traditional politics more difficult. But she makes it very clear that, you know, she examined millennials, but I'm sure the trend there's Carries. some similarities yeah. that go towards at least the older Gen Z, uh, just because, like I so said, Gen Z, at least the, how they're defining it, is looking from 1990, 1995 to 2010. Not all of them can vote. Yeah, fair we, enough. We only recently, uh, I, I, wow, not even recently, oh, six years ago, we were allowed to vote. Uh, but again, only people our age and six years younger are in that bracket. They, just because they maybe can or can't vote doesn't mean they're not engaging in politics. You're thinking more like grass movements or learning about politics or you know, they're still being politically active, even if it's not necessarily... At the polling booth. At at the polling booth, yes. And I want to say that trend is even stronger for Gen Z compared to millennials. You know, millennials do experience a burnout of like, we're fighting the system, it's tough, it's tough. There were so many articles that came out after the uh, 2020 to 2020 election, the 2022 midterm election, because they were like, oh my God, the election swung this way so powerfully because you saw such an amazing influence of new young people at the the polls. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is really driven by this ethical drive to do some good. You know, we are the generation that has experienced 9-11, or a lot of us were way too young. We're in a post-9-11 world. Yes, a post-9-11 world. Racial injustice constantly being on the forefront of media attention I mean, as early as like 2008, like, I mean, it's been going on for longer than that, but it's been becoming more and more part of the news cycle since 2008. Yeah. You know, we're having a fight for body autonomy again. Yes. Climate change. Now we're slowly transitioning out of a a pandemic world. There's just so many global issues and atrocities that this generation is plopped right into and have to make sense of all this shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's... I don't want to say forcing because, you know, there are definitely still people out there that are work, trying to work outside of those realms. But when you just have so much political or communal or societal issues or challenges that need to at least be addressed or discussed or confirmed, you, you can't ignore that, especially when you're growing into it. Because I'll be damned if I'm just going to live the rest of my life being like, well, older people thought, you know, greenhouse gases were cool. So we're going to just keep living like that or people before really didn't do anything. They thought that the civil rights movement ended with Martin Luther King. So I, I guess we're fine now. Our generation's tired of that. And I'll, I'll I guess I kind of answered where I stand on that is I am definitely ethically motivated and politically motivated to make some type of change. Yeah. Uh, where do you think you stand on that? I think so, too. I at least try to be with what I you know, with what I can within what's within my realm of, you know, capabilities and stuff. But you made a comment about, you know, the older generation thought greenhouse gases were cool. And I feel like there is this kind of almost like pressure on the younger generations of you have two sides. You either have the older generation of make America great again, let's keep things the way that it's always been because it's been working for us. Or you have the flip side of that, which is, wow, we kind of messed up. Uh, You're the future. 
You're the future of this nation. You're the future of the world. Your generation's gonna be the one that's gonna change the world because we fucked up. So it's your job to fix it. Good luck. Oh my God. You know what I really have always hated about? Like that kind of mindset of like, you're the future, go ahead and change it. Mm -hmm. Y'all change your, if you want us to change it, either A, be cool with us changing it and Mm -hmm. stop resisting the change that we're pushing for uh, or B, change along with us. Yeah. And I feel like it's very much not necessarily passing the blame, but passing the responsibility onto the younger generation of we fucked up. Well, I'm going to die soon anyways. You know, I've lived my life. So it's your job to fix it for you and your kids. Right. Well, why weren't you working towards fixing it for you and your kids when you were our age? Mm -hmm. Or why aren't you still fighting for it if you think this is something that needs to change? And I will say I was very much raised in the household of, you know, yeah, you're the future. Your generation's going to be the one that changes the world. Why is my generation responsible for changing everybody else's mistakes, problems, issues? Why didn't you guys work on that shit when you were my age? You know? Like, why Why is, Why is? am I being told, oh, my dad used to always make the joke of, oh, he would call me um, Madam Se- uh, Senator. Like, he'd always make the joke of, like, you need to become a senator so you can kick the old white guys out of office and, you know, make the changes that this nation needs. Okay, well, why didn't you run for office if you knew that there was an issue there? You yourself are an old white guy, but why couldn't you have been a a cool one, you know? <laughs> you know, dare I say, a woke one. I mean, because that's one rare-ass Pokemon card. You're damn right. Use your white privilege to help other people. Don't be silly. Super effective. But, I mean, stop me when I'm lying, <laughs> you know? Oh, then you're looking at, I'm not, no stop sign here. All right. Well, do you have more for me with Gen Z or are we going to switch gears or? Well, I think we'll go ahead and put a little bow on this one. We might save some of these other trends for next time with blind reactions with Tiffy. Okay. I kind of I I like this. This I mean, kind of brings you back to our old, our to old our radio roots. days. Yeah. I mean, this reminds me a little bit of, yeah, we would have like multiple parters, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll leave you with this joke, okay, before we wrap things up. And it is relevant. Okay. (laughs) Unlike mine. Since we're talking about trends and stuff, there was this comedian and he was doing a stand-up. I don't have TikTok, so I saw his reel. I I saw his TikTok posted as a reel on Instagram. Right, right, right. Um, And he was doing a show where he was talking about how... Now, you and I both identify as being from the North. Mm -hmm. We both currently live in the South. Um, Me being from New Jersey people tend to have a certain assumption of what I will be like as a person, whether it be abrasive, rude, just an asshole, you know? So he was talking about how he was like, Northerners are are tolerant but impatient, and then Southerners are patient but intolerant. And he was like, you'll have somebody in the South, you know, you're taking too damn long, and they'll be like, oh, bless your heart. Take your time, insert slur. Like he said something, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Um, But he'll be like, take your time. You know, God gave us this glorious day for you to take your sweet time. Bless your heart, honey. In the North, people will be like, hey, excuse me. How how, does your friend identify? Okay, cool. Hey, lady, get the fuck out of my way. I want a goddamn cronut. (laughs) Yeah. And so. I think that's a a very general stereotype. I think that actually would be kind of fun to analyze. Maybe we even get a guest on the show. Um, A Southerner? Yeah. (laughs) And do this with them, be like, hey, blind reaction, got Northern on one couch, a Southern on the other side. and I'm down for that. We mm. need to find a, a Southern native. I might, I might. I have a couple in my pocket. We'll, we'll, we'll shop it. Big we'll ass pocket. It. We're surrounded by them. We could go outside and throw a stone and be like, did you hear where that owl came from? 
great let's go get them <laughs> but uh, anyways this I was fun I, yeah I, I, I like this format this is definitely a lot more chill than the last like one or two episodes that we've done yeah especially the last one was a bit very spicy heavy. if you will but anyways this has been fun hope to hear you next time we have no clue what we're chatting about next time but we'll figure it out yeah we'll we always do all right well i've been tiffany reese and i'm donovan and thanks for tuning in hotties let's catch you next time bye-bye and now the credits this episode has been brought to you by your hosts donovan and tiffany reese we want to thank our editing team for putting this shit show together we want to thank our cat executive officers that are somewhere around the room i think they're being very quiet right now so thank you and we'd like to thank our uh, music staff for getting the audio together for this episode we'll catch you next time bye bye <laughs>